Well, there you go, Fenton. Welcome to another Wealth, Wine and Wisdom, my friend, and here with a live crowd. Great to have all of you guys here. Well, everyone at home can see us online. Um, uh, let us know in the chat. Jeff, good to see you on today, mate. Um, let us know in the chat if you can hear us well and you can see us well. Big hello. Evening from Allison. Allison. Yeah, good to see you here. Welcome. This could be uh, wonderful or it could be a disaster. Who knows? <laughs> it's the first time we've ever done pretty much the same for every Friday, <laughs> just, just for context. It could be, it could be. This is the first time we've done a live uh, Wealth, Wine and Wisdom with some real people in the audience and um, we'll see how we roll here tonight. We've got people in from Bundaberg, uh, Cherie, the other half of wow. the dynamic got, duo. Yes. Um, a quick hello from Cherie and uh, we've got Jeff, uh, loud and clear, a bit fuzzy though um, at the back there, fellas, so maybe just check the camera or the output, but we'll see on here as we roll along. Hopefully you can roll with us, folks, and uh, away we go. But uh, you guys know the drill. Welcome along. Um, I can see many of you online here today, which is awesome. Friday afternoon, it feels like I don't, I've lost track of time. Are you guys rolling? Um, I've lost track of time, Fenton. That's, well, me too. I'm, I mean, I'm back on your time at the moment, so it's 5 o'clock somewhere. I'm sure of that. Uh, but we're here as a part of the Exit Plan special event. We're coming to you live from the W in uh, in Great Bris Vegas. I don't know why I said great. I don't believe it really. But uh, no, I love Bris Vegas. It's amazing. So we've uh, we've spent the day with uh, some amazing people. Last night we were down Newstead, New Farm, Newstead, at an amazing apartment complex up there. A great little cocktail party, which was uh, which was bang on. And uh, now drinking again by the looks of it with you, mate. So there's a bit of a theme. I think you're a bad influence. What is it? Is it a, a, a drinking theme? Well, I'm, not, I'm a bit of a teetotaler when it comes to drinking, but uh, on Fridays, Andy and I have been doing this for now three years. Yes. Uh, debriefing the week. You know, many of you guys experienced this. We all did anyway. Living um, in the world as it was when COVID came along, um, many of us in business and in investing found that there were so many changes when it came to the world of money life that we didn't know what was going on we didn't know whether martha up or down round and in or out and uh, we had uh, a little get together and we were talking about changes and we wanted to communicate that to our community which is property investors and business owners and um, along the way we decided instead of repeating it one by word uh, do it as a live live stream out to people and they could watch it live ask some questions download it later whatever it might be and uh, it's really taken off, um, and for us, it's been something not only to help others but help ourselves. We kept some sense along the way. My world of 20-year-plus in real estate, Andy's 20-year-plus in the world of banking and the, the stock market, and we tried to sort of understand what was going on. So, um, you know, welcome along the live audience and welcome along the online team and crew. We've, all, um, we've got a few uh, regulars, which is... Uh, which is great, and uh, it's kind of cool to uh, do this funkily as, uh, as we do on a Friday. Everyone, Andy, we've spiced up our, uh, our branding for the launch of this year, but uh, what do we usually do on, on uh, Wealth, Mind and Wisdom? It's a lot more basic, uh, really, <laughs> than, than today. But, uh, but as you come in, introduce yourself, put it in the chat. If you're new, say I'm new, and uh, you are, welcome along. Welcome to everybody in the room today. And uh, mate, we've, we've it's been a cracker week. I mean, we've obviously launched the exit plan. That's probably going 
going to be hitting newspapers Australia-wide, I would say, <laughs> if the journalists really have anything positive to say. You know, that would be on the front page of every newspaper. So I think what's, uh, well, it's not what's in the news anymore. It's Decant of the Week. So typically we have three things that we follow now. We have uh, Decant of the Week, which is all a little bit of a metaphor about what's happening in the news recently. What should you know about? We've got the number one men- menace, which is typically at the end, that's our favourite, <laughs> which, uh, which is generally one of three different types of people, uh, economists, politicians, uh, and related parties. And uh, and then we've got the perfect pairing. And I've got a few perfect pairings this week. Uh, normally, I focus on the number one menace, uh, although I do have a bit of a menace in here. Maybe maybe we kick it off. Uh, the do you big... want to cut straight to the menace? Well, what are we doing? We're doing the day of the week? Well, let's mix it up. Let's do the number one menace first. Okay, guys. Can we go for the number one menace? Number first? one menace. Roll the, roll the... You won't hear this, actually. You missed it. Anyway, there you go. Number one menace. What have we got on the menu for the number one menace, Andy? Because I've got Luke. Well, uh, bring up my slides, mate. Uh, I know that you snapped it. I certainly snapped it when it came past. And, and uh, love these guys together. Clearly, somebody who's already drunk. Uh, thank you. We appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, no, we, we really do appreciate it. I'm just being cheeky. Uh, so the big four. Uh, so jump onto mine, please, Marty. Uh, or no, Jeff. that's my other one. The, uh, the beauty of a live show. Uh, so go. the big four. I don't, I don't know why we call it the big four anymore because it's really the big five. Macquarie is a chameleon of a company. It's done incredibly well over the years. It's now known as the big five, not the big four. Whenever they report on banking results, they manage to go under the radar. I reckon there's a smart marketing strategy there somewhere. I reckon every time they get up, there's Macquarie, they always go, the big four. And it's just like them there. But ladies and gentlemen, record profits again. <laughs> Give them a hand. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they've been crying for for a long period of time and uh, and we've talked about this a lot uh, in regards to refinancing over the years. When interest rates were going down, Jason and I were getting up, you saying, make sure that you refinance because they don't pass on the benefits as that goes through. But but ultimately, to quote Peter, because a bit of a dual number one menace, because ultimately we want our banking system to be healthy, right? Because if we don't have a healthy banking system, then we're all pretty much fucked. Yeah, <laughs> I, greasified, I'd, I'd probably call it. And, uh, so a, a healthy economy needs healthy banks. So it goes back to what we've been saying for quite some time. And, and I bring them up as a number one menace, but ultimately I think we should learn the lesson now. And there's, a, there's even a, a saying for it. You don't invest with the banks. You invest what? You invest in, in the, the banks, banks, right? You you buy the bank shares because they've been getting record profits pretty much every second year for the last 20-odd years. I mean, that's a pretty bloody good, good record. Not bad at all. They're backed by legislation. They're backed by the Banking Act of 1995. Uh, They're backed by the federal government. What else could you want uh, from an investment strategy than somebody's gone from record profits to record profits? So, mate, I, I labelled them as the number one menace because everyone likes to put the badge on the, the, the people who are doing well. Yeah. But ultimately, if you join the party, there's one way that you can do it. Instead of going into the term deposits, take a more risky strategy. This isn't investment advice, but it's one way that you can actually get along for the journey. And, and, uh, and what? And Commonwealth Bank, they, uh, they bumped up their dividend, didn't they? 
100%. Yeah, 20% improvement on their dividend. And everyone's like, you know, and I'm a bit annoyed with them, you know, putting up my interest rate. But hey, if you had the shares on the on the flip side, you're getting the outcome as well. So, you know, hedge your bets. If, don't, don't rage against the machine that you can't change. The rules are there. Play with it. Roll with it. Get a piece of that action. I think that's great. But it dovetails in to uh, some other stuff that's been in the news. And this is, uh, this, I know this is close to, to your industry, Jace, but Westpac's wound almost half of its $471 billion in-home loans were written using interest rate buffers that are set to be exceeded. The looming breach of serviceability buffers, big test for broker and banking sector. Mate, uh, what's your this? Because ultimately there's the fixed rate loans that are going to start to go on to, to variable um, I read an article also that was saying that uh, it, CBA actually got sold off a lot last night or the night before because yeah. investors said, well, the party's over. Party's over. How's that? Record profits and everyone's like, oh, we're out. Yeah, yeah we're <laughs> gone. Good time, Charlie's. It's yeah. like, yeah, you Good can't, time, Charlie's. Yeah, yeah. because because you can't possibly do any better than that, oh. can you? That's it. The, the banks are now – it's happened every year for the last four or five uh, – what, so probably last 10 years, every second year, people have gone, that's it. It, the banks are no longer going to be a powerhouse in Australia. Yeah. But they keep on finding a way, don't they? They do. So what happens, Jace, when... Especially when the big four and the legislation says, hey, the, the only four the government cares about surviving if we have a problem or what? Uh, ANZ, Westpac, NAB, Combank. And That's Macquarie. legislated into our... And Macquarie. And Macquarie? And Macquarie. Oh, they've added it. Well, the big four the big, the bit. The, the big five. <laughs> the big five. <laughs> the big five. But here's the thing, when they weather, right, from interest only into the new rates, then they're ticking over into a higher interest rate environment for the banks. Well, listen, uh, and, you know, again, what do you listen to, right? You know, when you go out there and you listen to the media and they're going, you know, this person's going, oh, you know, hey, they're going to go through the buffer rates or something like that, you know, um, what a disaster coming for Australia and mortgages and finance. Well, no, no, there's not. I mean, I don't know if anyone paid any attention to this. Um, there's a four-letter word, and it's not a swear word, but it should be. Um, you know, in 2017 and 18, this uh, institute did an investigation into banking. Anyone know what that is? Uh, not ASIC, starts with A, yell out, APRA, right, APRA. So APRA got involved, and they said, hey, listen, we think, you, the lenders, are playing a game that's a bit edgy, a bit dodgy. And the buffer rates facility used to be one, one and a half on top of, right? That's not good enough. And they said, listen, we want it to be two. Anyone know um, uh, from 2020 onwards, 2020 onwards, what the buffer rate was for all of that lending? Anyone on top of? So the interest rate, you can't answer because you'd know. Um, you know, you're a broker. Uh, yeah, 2.5, right? And then it went up to three in some instances, depending on lender that you work on. Um, and in, um, I should have brought up my debt servicing calculator. Some of it right now is 3.75. So not only the legislative one from APRA, but the banks are putting more on. Now, I think that's a big smoke screen. I think that's just bullshit. It's just rubbish again. Yep. Yeah. Oh, watch out, watch oh, out. Shit, that was the other minute, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Politicians. Uh, economists and the media, media. yeah, yeah journalists. Right. Journalists, yeah, yeah. They find one thing and they go, we can spin this a bit, we can spin this a bit and turn it into drama and drasticness. 
Because at the end of the day, you know what? Unfortunately, the media only gets by now because people, what? They click on their articles. Clickbait. Clickbait. Clickbait journalism. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, when was the last time you clicked on uh, a picture of puppies? <laughs> Is this a trick question? <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. We don't, we don't do that neurologically. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're more we're, we're designed to take action yeah. against things that fear us. Yeah. And so now we're, we're in that world. And as we're going to go into tomorrow, and we're, we're going to share a little bit of stuff tonight, which is multi-purpose. It's a bit of educational content for everyone in the room for tomorrow. What's, what's the word? What's the word that, that they used that they shouldn't have because it's actually not even applicable? What's the, what's the word that feels illegal? What's the word they're using? Allegedly. Breaching. Breaching. They're breaching it. You breached the rules. You breached. The thing, like, oh, look, oh, I breached it. I breached it. <laughs> what did I breach? What did I breach? What are we right? talking about? Like, it, 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 it's specifically targeted by media to do these sorts of things, right? To us as investors, everyone listening online, like, that's that's going to to put you in a space in a place where you don't make good decisions. You're not breaching anything. Nothing happened. Nothing happened, right? And they're all like, oh, quick. Whatever, and we're making this stuff. I call I call bullshit yep. on I, that one. I call BS. Yeah, bull BS. The lenders. I mean, this is not their first rodeo, right? They didn't come down in the last storm. Um, they already know. They've seen this many times before. They've got buffer on buffer on buffer on buffer. What happens if you default on your mortgage? What what did what do we all pay? We all pay it, whether we um, pay extra or not. What's a what's an insurance that we pay when we get a loan? Mortgage insurance. Who does it protect? It doesn't protect you. Right? Just so we're really clear, you pay it. It's well worded though, isn't it? It's kind of like, oh, I'm insured. Yeah, I'm insured. Right what on. am I insured for? Hang on, nothing. Yeah, nothing. exactly right. Like, right? So, you know, and again, I think it's bullshit, but they're insured. They're underwritten. If you choke on your lung, they're insured for that. They don't care. It's not going to happen, right? Like, so, again, they didn't come down to the last shower. This is malarkey. This is carry on. That language, I call bullshit on it. Yeah, total bullshit. Yeah. And, and most of you have been watching for a little while. You, you know that we've got this concept about politicians potentially going, have a look over here yeah. while they're beating you up here. <laughs> so talking about somebody who's getting the shit kicked out of them again, um, our, uh, our Reserve Bank. Uh, chairperson, chairman, he's just getting an absolute beating by the MPs again. It's unbelievable. Right, so, and look, does it, in some ways you kind of go, well, look, you, 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 you could have maybe, maybe deserved some of it, maybe <laughs> deserved some of it. But <laughs> let, let's. I'm not raising rates until 2024. Yeah, and then he did. But, yeah. and, and for those of you at home, we've just got, uh, uh, what do you call them? Uh, hooligan in the. Uh, <laughs> no, heckler. 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 Oh, we've got a heckler. We've got a heckler out here. Uh, and he's saying, uh, yeah, made wildish pre uh, pre predictions around rates not going back up. Yeah. But at the same token, the people who are smashing him, the people who are putting helicopter money around and spending money like there was no tomorrow and they just kept on doing it. Now, I'm, I'm saying there might be a couple of people involved in this, but I'm not sure that this man here deserves all of the blame. But it's amazing how the instigators of it can point the finger and go, hang on. You totally fucked the economy. It was you, you and your cronies just single-handedly destroyed the economy. What about all the helicopter money? No, no, no. No, you're, you're responsible for inflation and interest rates and everything that we do. 
And uh, and he's getting an absolute pounding at the moment. But uh, he's supporting the banks, though. He's supporting, he's backing the banks. Well, I mean, arguably, if you like a good conspiracy theory. Um, well, you know, who's well, healthy at pretty, the moment? Pretty sure he's got some bank shares <laughs> disclosed in there somewhere. I reckon he might bought those for sure <laughs> along the way. And, you know, um, again, there's, uh, you know, there's a bunch of, uh, there's a bunch involved here. I mean, you know, you and I talked about this, the government giving away money like drunken sailors. You know, never in my history had, had, in, in the real estate game, and if you go back in, in early 2020, check out one of my lives in the morning. I do a wealth coffee chat in the morning. I I did. I pulled over on the on the side of the road and I said, "I've got to get this out there." Like, like team folks, like gang, listen up. The government's giving you a free house, right? And and oh, bullshit. I'm like, no, I'm telling you, follow me here, right? So if you qualified for first home buyers, right? Nearly every state you ended up with between sixty and eighty thousand dollars, and I'll say that again: sixty and eighty thousand dollars worth of free cash, a free home. Matter of fact, the right people who followed some of our strategies ended up with putting cash in their pocket after buying a property, which obviously did what to the uh, property. Well, it couldn't have caused inflation could no. you know, because it's low who no, did that yeah. that was the reserve cause the inflation let's give away free money to everybody and let's try and build the record number of freestanding houses we've ever built in one period of time ever uh, and that didn't blow up the uh, supply chain or, no. or exacerbate the issues no, that, in COVID did it no, no. that's that's why no. the inflation rate you know uh, I'm pretty sure housing in there is like one percent or is it 10%? <laughs> 10%? I think it's 10%. I think it yeah. might be 10%. So, so anyway, you know, Lowy gets the heat, but, you know, the government is chucking him under the bus Mate, as well. Right? They literally <laughs> just sit there and they kick him and the Australian public are going, you bastard. He must be the most hated man in the neighbourhood. Fair <laughs> dinkum. But, uh, mate, that, that pretty much does it for me for what's in the news. I was going to try and find some of those inflation statistics, which I've got them here somewhere. But, uh, mate, what have you got? Oh, I've got a little bit. I'll... I'll, I'll I'll, uh, if Marty comes up the front here, um, Marty on, on, on my slides, well, I'll dovetail on the number one menace, but, um, you know, this was a, uh, this was a, uh, a little bit of a, a double whammy. Um, you know, there he is, Chambers, you know, or, or putting the Commonwealth back on, oh, you're on notice. Well, he was, he was part of the crew who got them into trouble or got them into this place, you know, grandstanding, you know, going, hey, look at me, whatever it is. Now, listen. I believe we should vote for better politicians. That's what I think. I, I still believe in, you know, we've got an amazing country. We've actually a good system. Just necessarily, I think Aussies sometimes are a little bit laid back on who we choose and how involved we get. But, you know, that's probably the, uh, the ebb and flow of who we are. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, not only the banks are uh, getting a bit of heat, um, but, uh, you know, the pollies are getting in there. and sort Look of at that. Look at that. That's a, he's used to pointing that finger. <laughs> Look how well he does. That is unbelievable. I'm putting you on notice for the thing that I was involved in, but if I point at you first, then I won't get that, right? Reminds me of Father O'Flannery. So, you know, listen, um, at the end of the day, the politicians were 100 in the camp doing that sort of stuff. Now, it's a tough one, right? You know, most politicians have never run business. You know, they've never done, you know, anything economically you know, that, that beneficial, beneficial right, often. So it's just like, you know, who's going to step up to the plate, right? So, you know, at the end of the day, 
I think that's something to consider. But, um, you know, certainly right now the banks are quite um, happy and, uh, you know, the politicians help them get there, you know. Um, and uh, in the news for me, a few things going on. I'm going to sort of dine out on this one here. Um, already, we're going to go, uh, already we talked about the, the, the rate. Now, that's already been talked about being reduced. So, you know, and uh, I've said this plenty of times, it, it's actually quite systematic what goes on. You know, if you can sort of take the emotional process out of it, we dine out on it a bit. You know, we have a glass of wine and get a bit lewd and rude. But if you drill into where it is and what's going on, it's quite logical from this point onwards. The banks need to make money. It's in the best interest of the country. And um, now what will happen is there'll be leverage on APRA to go, listen, loosen it up a bit. There's already conversations happening. Don't have a 9% hurdle rate for people to borrow money on top of what we're doing, adjust it and reduce it. So that's coming. And, and, and again, I, you know, you and I love doing this. Going on record, this is live. I'm calling it. It'll be within six months. It'll go down. They'll drop it at least one to one and a half percent, the hurdle rate over and above the interest rate. And also, like in this space, um, those low 1%, 2%, Loans will never happen ever again. It's done. Like I, I, I said, I think I said this this morning. Once in a generation, maybe once never, once only ever, you know, um, did we get an opportunity to participate in that? So it was good. And do you know what? The cost of money is around about what it should be for everything to be pretty healthy and okay, right? That's that's where we're at with that sort of stuff. So that's what's in the news. In that sort of here's what's going on. Uh, and this is the knock-on effect in my world in real estate, you know, um, and, and the media sort of says, oh, you know what, uh, oh, the interest rates went up, oh, everyone's going to be in trouble and it's going to be a disaster and they're all going to sell, you know. No, that's not the case in any way, shape or form. And just now, not only have we had the lowest amount of properties on the market in Australia's history for sale, second-hand properties, for over for 12 months, the interest rates going up again have exacerbated that so people are withdrawing their properties for sale. So the supply is actually getting worse for people who want to buy. It's not like making people sell because, you know, by and large, I've done this before, you know, Aussies right now after COVID um, are richer than they've ever been. And we, uh, uh, six months ago, were the wealthiest nation per capita in the world in the world, the largest amount of saver per capita in the world per person, right? So we're kind of like the richest nation on the planet per person. And even though we've got a small population, we punch well above our weight, right? And, uh, you know, high interest rates, what's it doing? It's just saying, oh, well, I'm not going to sell. Or um, it's removing supply from the market. What's that doing? Like, like just follow the logic. Less supply on the market, what's happening? Prices will go up. What, what what's actually happening in advance of the prices going up? What's accelerating at an insane rate right now? I've been saying this for well over two years. What's going up, accelerating like there's no tomorrow? The rents, right? Um, we just had one of our team down in Melbourne. We we manage over 500 properties in Melbourne. The rent went from 310 dollars 
and in one increase went from 310 to 620, like that. And that is coming. How long have we had the interest rate rises? Like like how many months? How many? Uh, nine, right? What uh, in Melbourne specifically, when can you, from a, a term point of view, when can you put your rent up? Every month? 12 months. It hasn't even started yet, folks. It hasn't even started, right? Queensland, it's every six months, different places. We've got two to three more years to happen. For 10 years, rents were flat because interest rates were dead low. Right? I didn't tell you that uh, midweek, uh, midweek I had uh, a client ring up and say, I'm not going to put up my rents. I said, why? And the, oh, the agent said you might have a tenant. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I, I think somebody just doesn't want to redo I the fucking contract. I think you'll be all right, right? I'm like, what's, what's the vacancy rate? Yeah. I mean, folks, go and check it out. Vacancy rate. The average vacancy rate in Australia nationally is just over 1%. What does that mean? It means that it's taking less than seven days, seven days, when it's normally three weeks, it's taking less than seven days to fill a property. Real estate agents now are saying, don't worry about the outgoing cleaning because we've got people knocking the doors down, get them in. Yeah, they'll right? clean it themselves. Yeah, it's insane. We've had our team like staying there till midnight to clean it because the tenant's moving in tomorrow. They vacated today and they got the new in tomorrow. There's zero changeover. This is not going to be solved. We're in the midst of a disaster. Nobody is admitting just yet. Like I'll, they're I'll, starting I'll, to scratch the surface. I mean, we, you've been yep. talking about I've it been now for, about for three ages. years, ever since we it started. It actually started in 2018 when APRA and the government decided they would eliminate a few things, right? And it's actually, and then COVID just like a good old one too, right? Like just knocked it for six. But if we go back up here, Marty, if you can pull that back up, I don't know if you can see these these stats, but um, in the last monthly change or the yearly change from last year, Year this year, Melbourne, 27. 7% listings from already a record low amount of existing listings for sale in Melbourne. Like, it's not going it, to, there's not, and just what, what, what just happened? The government said, yeah, we need people in the country, right? I was chatting with um, uh, Cav last night, right? Um, um, one, of the, one of the, you know, people who need people lace and concrete and some blocks. He said, mate, I, there's no one around. So, like, Cav needs about 10,000 brickers in the, in the country, right? Like, like, what we have is a disaster in that space. Like, the government is just totally unprepared to, to solve in any way, shape or form. It's not going to be even close to being solved for five to ten years. And tomorrow I'm going to talk about what's going to drive the next ten years. Maybe you could drop those blinds, D, because they're starting to get a bit uh, glary. Um, about the greatest transfer in Australian history of wealth over the next 10 years, right? Four million. How many? Four million. <laughs> Four million people are going to retire and transfer their wealth. Retire and die. Retire, well, they maybe even die. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to well, talk was about a, Sorry, there's a reference point to earlier on today. <laughs> uh, so, you know what, um, you know, and... And I've never understood Hobart, but you know, <laughs> I, 
like it's fine. All logic to me. But it's like, why? Why does Hobart still keep going up? Well, maybe people in Melbourne go, it's cheap. I live in Hobart. I don't know. Um, but anyway, you know, 34% increase because, you know, the average income in Tasmania is low. Okay, so, so you know, follow income. And, and tomorrow I'm going to talk about this. Population, infrastructure, employment, the big three. All right. So for me right now in the news, um, you know, it's that. And last but not least, let's go and have a look at this. Um, there's just one more. I told you so uh, this ages ago. The Perth rental market. You love that, don't you? No, no, so. Yeah. No, we so. can't say it at home, but we can <laughs> say it here. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you know, the lowest rental listings in 40 years, in 40 years. And, and um, here's the drill. I said this 12 months ago. Perth's going to be one of the ones that, that's going to come back online, right? Um, second highest income in Australia. Second highest income in Australia. Lowest average Australia, lower than um, Adelaide and even Hobart. <laughs> right? <laughs> go figure. Easy go. Go figure. I'm like, go check it out. <laughs> Lowest median rent for a four-bedroom house. Second highest income, lowest, lowest. All right. All right. Does it take Einstein to work out there's actually room to move? Right? Uh, it doesn't. And then when you lock in, well, 40 years, lowest vacancy rate in 40 years in Perth. I reckon Perth's got some legs. I reckon Melbourne's got some legs. And on the back of 10-year vision for Brisbane, I reckon Brisbane's got some legs. So that's what's in the news for me. Fenton, when it comes to the world of real estate. Well, mate, everyone talks about uh, Perth from the perspective of, well, hang on, China's offline now. They're not building anymore. Sign or yada, yada, yada. What a lot of people don't talk about, or maybe they don't talk to the people who are on the ground over there. We've got a number of clients that are in the trenches over there. Never been busier. No, I can't quite. I can't quite. Never been busier. I just, but allegedly. 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 They're going so hard at it over there that they're struggling to keep their compliance standards where they need to be um, in order to fulfil the work. Now, they're not digging the same stuff out. Gold through the roof. They're, they're never coring so much as what they are now. Nickel and rare earths, the US government are out here consolidating the future of their technology uh, so we can dig it up and chip it out. We always say it in this uh, forum is that his history doesn't repeat, repeat itself, but it's an incredible mimic, right? And and WA, it's a one-trick pony, dig it up and ship it out, but it's bloody worked uh, and it's looking <laughs> like it's going to continue to work for a little while into the future. Well, and never been busier. Like when I chat to these guys over there, they're like, nah. It's like recession potential? Nah. Things are getting hard. The only thing that's hard, mate, is getting enough people to get the goddamn job done because if we had 100 more people, literally this is a business that we work with, they've already got 100 employees. If they had 100 more, they would still be short staff. Short staff. All right. The, the, the number one accessible place on the planet for the most in-demand materials at this moment in time. Do you know, anyone know what they are? Lithium. Iron. Copper. Anything to do with battery technology? Nickel. Nickel. Yeah. yeah. Cobalt, right? Western Australia, nearly 95% of the accessible deposits capable of being extracted, Western Australia's got them, but they can't get them out of the ground. They can't, you know. Now, not necessarily talking about the the other 
impacts of that stuff, but jobs, people, you know, WA shut down their borders for the whole of COVID. You couldn't go in and out, right? Queensland said, no problem, we'll take all the Victorians. <laughs> Queensland went, whoop, like this, you know. I lost a lot of good friends. <laughs> right, it, it happened. <laughs> Uh, there you go. And, you know, Jeff um, saying, you know, same going in coal. Like it's going mental now. Like, you know, it, this is the thing, you know, the world's coming back online. Um, oh, hey, we, I, we, we should talk about it next week. I don't know the, the, the data right, right now, but uh, the shutting down of coal plants and the re- reignition of coal plants mm. uh, just to be able to service the demands. Like the, these po- political decisions that get made so uh, knee-jerk and it's like in popular opinion, then all of a sudden they have to refire them up, which costs us. Well, no wonder they need to raise taxes, really. Gazillion. Right. Well, so, we've done number one minutes. We've done a bit of what's in the news or decant the week. What do you want to get on to? The press that button, Marty. Now, we can continue to talk on here. Like problem solution, right? Problems, problem solution. So, what what do we pair up with with times like this, where you know we're going to talk about a lot tomorrow? Uh, investing can be turbulent, right? And you're wondering whether you've made the right decisions. And mate, what I did is I thought, well, why don't we go in and have a look at what, what time frame do you think that just about any investment other than Bitcoin? <laughs> <laughs> uh, whack my slides. Up there, money. What what time frame? What time do you think uh, that you need to be invested in something to basically guarantee yourself a positive return? No matter, you literally entered in just before the global financial crisis, absolute high. What sort of time frame do you think you need to be in to guarantee yourself an annualized positive return? Magic number. And <laughs> now these guys know. What about <laughs> what about what? what, what, what what about out there? What do you reckon it is, gang? Whack it in the chat. Right. How many years? You might have heard it. I'm quite sure whether it came through the mic, but I'd love to see it. See what you, How many years until you're guaranteed, basically across almost any asset, we'll call it asset class, right? Basically guaranteed an investment return year on year that's going to be positive. How many years? Whack it in the chat. Come on, don't be scared. Now, remember, there's a 10 to 15 to second delay on the I chat. want it now. <laughs> I, I want, want it now. now. <laughs> So well, put it in the chat, folks, if you know. How long does it take for your investment to always become positive when it comes to the marketplace in the stock market, the share exchange, whatever? Stock. I did some yep. analysis, stock market across uh, private equity, across, and, of course, these are funds and asset classes, right? So these are larger industries um, or indexes and things of that nature. So uh, not a specific investment. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, and uh, well, we've got 20 years. Alison, pessimistic. But, yep, you're a professional <laughs> investor. Uh, yeah, not, but not too far wrong. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll slowly work my way up to it, right? Uh, <laughs> Jeff reckons 10. There's between 10 and 20. So right. I've used the S&P, for, uh, so the, the American Let's stock market, for comparison, and here, just so you know, we've got Treasury bills that are on the left-hand side there. Uh, we've got uh, the US bond index, and people might go, well, what, how do bonds actually end up negative in a one-year period of time? Well, you can actually lose money in bonds, uh, right? And, and uh, one of the reasons why the 60, people who follow 60-40 might have lost money over the last couple of years um, is because 
inter- or sorry, last years because interest rates have gone up, so bond prices go down. Now, this is really crucial. If you're sitting on the edge going, oh, I'll get out of my bloody 60-40 fund because interest rates have gone up, well, you might need to have a little bit of a think. But uh, over the right-hand side here, it's the best and worst, right, in a one-year period of time. And over this, this is 40% here. 40% over here. So the worst year you're going to be looking at if you jumped into the S&P is a negative 40% return for the year. But if you're on the opposite side of it, you've almost doubled your cash. It's unbelievable. Doubled it. Uh, put it on red. You're, uh, you're pretty much up <laughs> almost 100%. You're just short of 100% so, in so one what's year. So the, what's the volatility from bottom to top on that? Well, that's 100 and, 150% there you go. from top to bottom in a single year return. So right? one year, yeah, you talk about good time Charlies, right? Yeah. Oh, mate. Yeah. Well, we've got a different word for these ones. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. These ones we call temporary citizens. <laughs> uh, so then when we, we jump ahead to the five-year rolling returns and it starts to look a little bit a little bit better. We've got negative, and this is only five years, rolling five-year return. So you jumped in the worst possible time in the market, GFC, five years later, even after you've suffered that massive 40% loss, you're above 6%, right? Now that's point to point, five years, worst possible scenario, you're down, let's say 6%, best possible case scenario, you're up almost 26% or in and around there, 26, 27%. So these ones, uh, Jace, I like to call the good time Charlies. <laughs> good time Charlies. They're they hang around you, long mate. enough. Yeah, they hang thinking, around. Oh, maybe the party will get started sometime soon. Are you like, oh, no, yeah. you know what? I was in there long enough. It just didn't work. It wasn't for me. Investing wasn't for me. 15 years. All of a sudden, the chart has a fairly dramatic change. And what's, what's quite – and so this is annualised returns. Whoops. Jesus, Jace, I don't actually know what I've done here. <laughs> Uh, have we got the technical difficulties slide? <laughs> hit, hit, hit that thing there and pull it down. Uh, ah, there we go. Technical difficulties over. Um, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. So in the chat, whack it in there. If you invested $100,000 15 years ago and you got an annualised return, let's just say of 5%, how much money would you have today? We're going to wait. Jeff's for the gone chat. $10 or is that? No, that's, that's, <laughs> no, that's no, earlier on in the chat. Minutes. That was, that, that was, sorry, keep rolling, Fender, keep rolling. <laughs> well, we know what it is in the room, don't we? What's the amount? Yeah, $100,000. $100,000. So if you, if you took double, the, 15 doubles, 5%, 15 double, yeah. The magic number. But uh, magic number. check this little sucker out. All of a sudden, we roll forward for a 20-year time frame and the worst, the worst rolling returns 6%, and sorry, I had this in annualised um, in, in a previous chart. So it's annualised returns ends up being in and around that 5 to 6 over that period, the worst possible time sample that you could be in, just short of 5%. And it's not too far off this, about 6%. So basically what I'm getting to here is if you're investing for the long-term game, don't allow the short-term decisions right now to, to derail you too much. There are some things that you could do and, and chat with your advisors about doing those things. But right now is around about that time to start to hold course and really especially in, I guess, your game where you know, the, the decisions are long-term and more far-reaching yeah, if you get out of it. It has to be. The in-and-out cost of real estate is significant. So, you know, and it's not a good idea to get an in-and-out in a year. You can dust, you know, 50 grand before you even get out of bed. So when we look at it, 
100% over time. And the stock market's obviously a lot more volatile yeah. because it's transactional on a day-to-day basis. You can sell a, sell a stock in seconds. You can't sell a house in seconds. Thankfully. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, it's coming, though. Yeah, well, it may be. You yeah. know, Red Brick started off with, uh, with those sorts of ideas. Blockchain yeah. may, may actually Excellent. bring it. Yeah. So one of the things that we really need to be aware of is time in the market, not timing the market, as some of the, the greats say. It's got to be astute about where you go. Don't whack him on Bitcoin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably going to well, well go Jason, the it, it is the new goal, isn't it? Yeah, it's no. the new goal, as, <laughs> as they said. But, but ultimately, what, what we've got to realise is the long-term game. And if you start to make short-term decisions based off our, our number one menace, which is the, the media and the hype in and around it, yes, be watching what's going on. But we also had a chat with uh, an amazing man today uh, about uh, his business philosophy and investment philosophy, uh, which was really in and around. Oh, I've just blanked out the screen, haven't I? Keep going, mate. Marty will sort that out. Boom. Um, and the one thing that he said is, is when you get into times of hardship or when you get into those periods of time where everyone else is fleeing, and he's not the first one, but I love the way he put it. Um, Buffett says, when those people are around you are fearful, be greedy. When they're greedy, be fearful. And, uh, and Tim said it today. He's gone, you know what? When everybody else is diving away from the shrapnel that's happening in the markets, well, that's when we get ready to launch a cannonball. Yeah. And when everybody's super positive and the taxi driver's telling you to buy more Bitcoin, um, that's when we're just firing little bullets into the market just to test where it's at. Yeah. And I think right about now, the best thing that we can say from a perfect pairing perspective, trust your advisors, trust your strategy. Well, maybe trust your advisors, depending on who they are, I guess. Um, <laughs> but trust in the longer-term strategy as long as it's not too outrageous, and we use Bitcoin as a bit tongue-in-cheek, but if you're all invested in something which is highly volatile and, and maybe not tried and tested, maybe you need to test your strategy. Oh, like I'm, if, I'm for 1% of, of, your, of your, you know, your free cash flow into something that might be a long ranger. Yep. But, you know, no more than 1%. I mean, you don't know anything about it. Yeah, like, how's this? Here's a good idea. You know nothing about nothing. Put some money into it. <laughs> 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 that's that's what it is. But it sounded like a great idea. Oh, yeah, yeah. This webinar was good, right? Whatever. <laughs> right, you know about real estate? Yeah, I've owned it. Like I've had a loan before. Yeah, okay. I can own that one. You know, I know about business. I've been doing it for 30 years. Oh, I know the levers and the bits to pull, right? So, you know, when it comes to this stuff, right, so you know, it's like just remember you have experience. Back yourself in the experience that you have. So more money in the experience that you've got confidence with, less money in the things that you you don't know anything about, right? So in my world, that's that's like should be a no brainer, you know. But um, you know, for, for testing that out, you know, and, just, but understand the short. I mean, the short term. When we had a look at those short term returns, yeah. When we were talking about CBA, people jumped out of it, said they're never going to see this again. I I guarantee you they will. Hundred percent, especially yeah. when the government has legislated the success of those four institutions, right? Like four pillars policy. Four pillars policy. It's still there as part of our whole ethos of Australia. So, you know, away we go. And it's important. Yeah. It's, it's one and, of the reasons that the Australian banking system is one of the, the, the more favoured in the world is because it's one of the strongest. Top three. In the GFC, we, we were in the top three banking systems of the world, right? Number one, Singapore. Amazing place. Like they're clever people. Switzerland, Australia. Top safest banking systems in the world, least exposure, smartest structure, whatever it might be. 
fundamentally we want to want a safe banking system. We can complain about it for sure. You know, some of the turkeys for sure, and we want more choice for sure. But at the end of the day, you know, we can we can rely on that fundamental piece, right? The banks are not going to collapse because they're underwritten by the Australian government, right? Um, and um, you know, if that collapses, then we're all stuffed together. So who cares, right? Right? You know, make sure you buy a few cans of uh, baked beans and whatever and, you know, and a shotgun and it could be a zombie apocalypse. But, uh, you know, yeah, it's, that, that's, as, that's I, as far from, like, possibilities as, 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 as it's going to be, right? I did buy a few extra rounds in the middle of COVID. I bet you I, did. Yeah, I, I bet did. you did. <laughs> I remember chatting to you in the middle of it going, I think Fenton's getting a bit affected by the lockdown. <laughs> he's rocking True. back and forth with his gun like, Fenton, you're going to be okay. That's all right. I can eat rabbits for the rest of my life. Uh, yeah. so, listen, you know, I might do a quick perfect pairing in my world, you know, um, when it comes to, you know, of a problem solution. Right now, you know, the cost of a mortgage compared to the average return of the rent is negative, Right. Right now, like for most people who buy today, that cost is negative, right? So, Marty, if you can go to my screen um, just for a second. So, you might buy a property and, um, you know, literally 12 months ago, the rent was 5% and what was the loan? 2%. Like that didn't take Einstein to work out. That's going to, that's not bad. You know, give or take, you know, 2% of cost your net and 1% it's in your pocket and that's before tax that and other bits and pieces, right? But now it's flipped. It's gone the other way. The uh, income might still be 5%, but some people are paying 6% interest, right? So it's negative, right? Negative cash flow, all right? So um, and what's that cost? Let's call, let's call it five grand a year you've got to put in. Let's even call it 10 grand a year, right? At the moment, at the moment, at the moment, right? So when? Hey, at the moment. Right, Got so, it. so that's today, right? So that just snuck up on you You're like, oh, that's a shock. That's a bit rude, whatever, right? Number one, it's an investment. So what happens when the when the interest rate goes up, Daniel? What do we get to do? You get out. No. Oh. More deductions. So not only, so if it's an investment, well, our, our deductions just increased as, as investors so number one solution right now if your interest rates have gone up go to your accountant and talk to them and say well my payg variation or my forward deductions please adjust them in advance so i can adjust my cash flow right number one solution immediately number two has the drill right what is coming at us like a freight train that is going to rocket by the cost of our interest rent and, folks, it is not going to stop. It's not going to stop. I'm, I'm telling you, you ain't seen none yet. I've never seen this mix of, like, disaster when it comes to the 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 things in real estate. Like, I, I'm out of my depth here. I'm like, shit, that's rubbish. That's rubbish. That's rubbish. That's rubbish. That's rubbish. The only thing that's holding this damn wall back has – what's the thing in Holland where the kid put his – Finger in the damn wall. It's the dike. The dike, right? The kid, which is called interest rates, and sitting there like this. Right? That's it. I'm telling you, in the world of Australian real estate. Now, what may happen is some maniacs called politicians might get in there and try and limit 
the amount we can increase our amount. But there's that, that's it. That's all it is. Right? Stick a sock in it. Right? And, and the moment, the moment by the end of this year, interest rates stop going up and maybe even go down for the first time by the end of this year, that's my call, there'll be, a, there'll be an interest rate reduction by the end of this year, maybe even earlier. Um, the speed at which the interest rate, the, the rent has rocketed by that will be insane, right? Um, and then what's going to happen when that comes out? Everyone's going to be back in the market again, looking for something, doing something with record low supply, record, like there's nothing to buy. Right now, the um, the the... Chinese government said to 52,000 students in China, listen, unless you get back to Australia, like ASAP, within four weeks, your degree that you've been studying online doesn't count in China at all. So rack off. I have no idea why. 15,000 were recorded to hit Melbourne the week after we went. The week 15,000 in one week landed in Melbourne. And people go, oh, why didn't the rent go up from 300 to 600? Because 72 people showed up to that open home. 72 people. And said, I'll pay in advance. Yep. Some of, some of these people are paying a year. Here's the other one. We, we had a, some students here and the R&W team. Uh, um, you'll, you'll meet Owen tomorrow. The parents, the, the student couldn't find a house to rent. So the parents paid $1.2 million in cash to buy them somewhere to live. They just set a record uh, in for a two-bedroom apartment in one of those buildings just because they couldn't find anywhere nice to rent, right? It, it's, it's only just getting started. What do you reckon the government's strategy on this is? It's like the demographic of the baby bubble. Are they just for people to die? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen any more land releases in, in my shot. Listen, like, listen, Australia, unfortunately, and I, I get into a few heated, we need, we need another 10 million people with a taxpayer base. Within 20 years, the number of people paying tax, the ratio of people paying tax, if we just sit around and pick our bums, right, is going to go from one to four, right, right one to, what, one, four people paying tax and one person not, from three to two. That, that's what's happening. Like every um, mature um, civilization matures in age and taxpayers reduce. Japan right now, uh, I, I don't know if you, you guys see this, we love Japan as a It's 20 years ahead of Australia. It is in, they just declared a national disaster in Japan. Why did they declare a national disaster in Japan? Anyone know what it is? What was it? Yeah, was it a was it a cyclone? Was it a flood? Anthony? Uh, birth rates been too low for too long. Population explosion. Yeah, extrapolate of a, of a of a implosion of a birth rate. They said within 15 years we could drop from a first world nation to a third world nation because we won't have any tax base. National disaster. They need Keating over there. They need Paulie, mate. Right? One, one yeah. for your missus, yeah. one for the country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the was baby that, bonus. Who was that? I did my three. I did my three. Who did their three? Right? <laughs> you get the five grand bonus, you beauty, right? So, like, yeah, like, 
like, like I'm seriously, I think, folks, like, like they're already in free fall. Their economy's out of control. Young people like work forever and a day. They don't want to have a family because they can't afford it. They, like it's a disaster, right? Uh, and we, we need people in the economy to do jobs, to pay taxes for us all one way, shape or form. So, you know, I, I'm 100% for some rules around that for sure. Um, but at the end of the day, we don't want to end up like Japan. We have a massive country, the biggest country in the Middle East populated, right, and per capita infrastructure is like ludicrous, right, um, as we go. And here's the other thing. I've said this a heap of times. We are the only country in the world that does not have connected to us with a physical landmass, a low-cost labour pool, let that land. We're the only country in the world that does not, and that doesn't, the Kiwis coming over from New Zealand, <laughs> like all the Tasmanians going, oh, we, can't, we can't get a job in Hobart, we'll come to the mainland, whatever. That doesn't count, right? Right? Every other country in the world is connected to another country where the labour costs can be five and ten times lower than the citizens in that country would actually work for. Australia doesn't have that. We will never have it. It will never change. won't happen, right? And, and, you know, the IMF go, oh, yeah, Australia's house prices over. It's like, yeah, mate. Oh, yeah, you, you should put you, a tax on that. Yeah. yeah that was their solution. You know, Brilliant. like go, you can get a brick laid in, in, let's say, the US for two cents a brick. You know what it costs to lay a brick here in Australia? $25 a brick. They earn more than doctors. Not kidding you. <laughs> what? We're the only country in the world that that actually is the case. You know, fair, fair enough. It's hard work. Like, you know, I wouldn't want a bloody good. Like, I've laid a few bricks and it's bloody tough. When a labourer starts work going around in a Ferrari, we we need to start to rebalance a bit. It doesn't quite make sense. I'm, I'm just wondering, though, Jason. I feel like a bad citizen now. I'm wondering, can I borrow one of yours just to even up the odds? Because, <laughs> Mate, because right, right now I'm not too keen on going around too. Listen, so if you if you take the last one and you pay for all this schooling, I'm out. It's good, right? I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> but mate, um, I think oh well, no. As we do, we wrap it on. Time flies, but um, you know, let's let's bring it to a bit of a closure tonight. Like, you know, um, not not only do we like to have a bit of fun and have a bit of a joke about this stuff, but honestly, folks, you know, there's still plenty of you online. Um, you know, this stuff's for real, right? And you know, when we talk about money and the future, uh, we we need to understand the mechanisms that are sort of at play, because you know, you you read a quick article in the the newspaper and you think oh you know whatever well there's a layer on the layer on the layer and it's actually not that difficult to comprehend right you've got the lowest supply ever in australia's history what would be you know maybe the three ways this thing could go and you're like all right well i'm not yeah i'm not listening to the to the fin review reporter to make some good financial decisions right so you know whatever that looks like um, in that sort of space so there you go i think that's it we're done welcome on wisdom yeah. in the can Live. That's we done. did a live. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> well, I had fun, as I always do, right. but I don't know if anyone else I did. But hopefully you enjoyed that, folks. And um, uh, for you guys online, thanks for joining us today. 
Really, uh, really appreciate you being here. Big shout out to Jeff, Adrian, Tim, um, Allison. Uh, who else is on there? I chat maybe. Um, uh, big shout out to all of you guys. Great to have you joining us as always on Friday afternoon. A little bit of a debrief, a little bit of a decamp the week. Hope you enjoyed it. Our live audience here. If you want to get involved with a fun live audience, give us a shout out. You know, we'll let you know how you can. <laughs> can you imagine? It? Hashtag Deb Jensen. <laughs> Hashtag Deb. Tell me more. Deb, tell me more. <laughs> Uh, there you go. I mate, can't mate. see that. It was yeah. it was covered by the private chat there. I think we just got. Some... All right, we're done but, and dusted, uh, mate. Let's call it done and dusted. For another week. Yeah. Well, it's a good night from him. It's a good night from me. Good night, good night everyone. Woo!